For Theater Talk on WBFO, I'm Anthony Chase. And I'm Peter Hall. Happy New Year, Peter Hall. Well, Happy New Year, Mr. Chase. Always good to see you, the old year and the new year. But, you know, it's kind of odd, reviewing theatrical productions as we do, this is the middle of the season, as every January is the middle of the season. Right. It's very confusing. The rest of the world makes a big deal out of this. We make a big deal out of Curtain Up. Right. Every time a publication has asked me to contribute to an end-of-the-year wrap-up, I, I always feel like, well, call me in June when the, when the year wraps up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the end of the year until the Artie Awards. <laughs> right. But you do see these lists. I think uh, particularly I'm always interested in In Memoriam at the end of a year to see who is gone to be seen no more on the stage. And every year it's startling, I think. Of course, the older I get... <laughs> the more startling in its own special way, if you know what I mean. Well, locally, among others, but briefly, we lost Brian LaTulip and Sharon Strait. Memories of those? Well, certainly, and numerous times on stage, two extraordinary performers. We talked about them before, and representing an era of Buffalo theater. You've looked at the Broadway list, yes? I have. Well, a name pops out, Carol Cook. Well, a little name, not best known for her work on Broadway, but Carol Cook is that red-headed protege of Lucille Ball, who originated the Australia company of Hello, Dolly, and played the role frequently, including for a period of time with Buffalo's Joey Buhecker from O'Connell and Company. He was Barnaby for her Dolly one time. And the last time I saw Carol Cook, used to see her, she used to do every benefit performance out in Los Angeles. And the last time I saw her was, I think, the 2019 Tony Award party in L.A. And at this point, she's in her 90s, right? first time I ever saw her wearing flats. She always wore these stiletto heels and a corset. But she had a companion just for equilibrium to, to help her navigate the party. And it was charming, but had slowed down a bit. But as we left the party over, they started playing Broadway songs over the public address system. And they played Hello, Dolly. And she stopped. And in the fiber of her being, she began to do the original Dolly choreography as people just stood in awe as the great Carol Cook, perfectly doing the original Dolly choreography. Quite remarkable. Good genes. She passed away just a few days shy of her 99th birthday. There you are. But backing up, Joey Buhecker is definitely very much with us. He's directing Reefer Madness coming up soon. So tell me more about Joey Buhecker and Carol Cook. Well, that he played Barnaby and that the second she saw him and saw his stature, he's not seven feet tall, you know. She said, you must be my Barnaby. And then some other interactions. She had quite a ribald sense of humor. Other interactions that I will not repeat on radio. Oh, (laughs) she was a vivid personality. Well, there you go. Ask Joey, he'll tell you. Well, most people, myself included, were always interested in Tony Award for the best musical or or a star. But there are a lot of Tony Awards, including Tony Awards for set design. And that brings us to Eugene Lee. Major designer. First time I was very aware of Eugene Lee was the original Broadway production of Sweeney Todd, Sondheim Sweeney Todd. Huge industrial working piece of machinery up there. But I'd seen him previously, uh, his work for the 1974 Candide, which was at the Winter Garden. And they transformed the Winter Garden, creating an entire environment. Later, he would do Ragtime, the original Ragtime. But also, I guess, the best remembered design, Wicked. He designed Wicked. Major, major career in design, Eugene Lee. Now, Burt Bacharach shows up on a lot of lists, but I, I don't know that he had any Broadway connection, did he? Heavens, yes. Well, then educate me. 
Broadway launched that man. Promises, promises. Broadway show. Really? I'm just so focused on uh, Dianne Warwick. and, and uh, Yeah. <laughs> well, he did quite well, but Broadway totally claims him. Well, another name people might associate with a whole other career, Raquel Welch, but actually came to Broadway in 1981. Yes, that would have been Woman of the Year. She replaced Debbie Reynolds, who had replaced Lauren Bacall. But I saw her in Victor Victoria. She was marvelous. Underrated always. I think that people saw her beauty and didn't recognize always her great talent for comedy. But she also played a part in revolutionizing the stage door. Years ago, you could wait at a stage door. You might be the only one waiting or a small group of people, just fans of a particular Broadway performer. But Raquel Welsh, and this is after the age of cell phones, when everyone had a camera with them, she would dress for the stage door and leave it in an open car and sign hundreds of autographs. And if you go to Broadway now, there are police barricades at every stage door for every show. And I do think Raquel Welsh played a role in popularizing that activity. Well, here's a famous name, and uh, I believe you, you've seen him too. We know him as one name, Topal, Chaim Topal, uh, also passed away in March. Tevier, Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, one of the best known of the Teviers because he did Tevier in the film. He did not originate the role on Broadway. Zera Mustel did. He did play it at Shea's Buffalo Theater in 1995. I remember it vividly because it was the day that Isaac Rabin, Prime Minister of Israel, was assassinated. And there was some question as to whether or not Topol would perform, and he did. But he had taken over the role. For a while, Fiddler had been the longest-running Broadway show in history. It's been overtaken since. But he got the film role, and Zero Mustel certainly wanted it, but others were also very interested in playing right. the role on film. What a list! Well, he beat out Zero Mustel, which, yes. you know, but Danny Kaye, yes. Herschel Bernardi, yes. Rod Steiger, Danny yeah. Thomas, Walter Matthau, yeah. Richard Burton, Sir Richard Burton, and... I can't believe this. Frank Sinatra wanted the role? Well, I don't know. Frank Sinatra considered a lot of roles. You know, he walked off the set of Carousel, the film. Wow. Oh, oh yeah. They, they gave Shirley Jones a handful of change and had her call Gordon McRae on a payphone up in Tahoe to ask him if he wanted to make a movie. I think Sinatra had been summoned by Ava Gardner or something. His priorities were different from many people's. But can you imagine him as Billy Bigelow? But he, he did do the film version of Guys and Dolls. But no, Fiddler, the film, belongs to Topol. It had been Zero Mustel on the stage. We also lost one of your favorites, his real name, Barry Humphreys, his stage name, Dame Edna, back in oh. April. Yeah, one of the great clowns of all time. He began a musical theater, Australian, had been a friend of the likes of Zoe Caldwell, and he was in the original London Oliver, played Mr. Sowerbury, the mortician, and was therefore a friend of Georgia Brown, the original Nancy, with her big voice. But started in the theater, but that unique personality began to be characters like Dame Edna Everidge and Sir Les Patterson. But he also toured to Buffalo. He certainly did play Shays. And I did get to interact with him a little bit there. Very entertaining and clever man. And again, one of those names with a career that went beyond Broadway, but I didn't realize. Harry Belafonte won a Tony Award in 1954, Best Featured Actor in a Musical. 
Yes, for one of those big Broadway reviews. He had come out of the new school where his classmates had included Beatrice Arthur and Tony Curtis, that whole class of people. The new school had had the, the largest acting program in the United States until it got closed down during the Joe McCarthy era because the director of the program was Erwin Piscator, who had been Bertolt Brecht's teacher. But yes, he came out of that program before becoming a music sensation. When we say the name Jerry Springer, everybody thinks of only one thing, and that's that, sorry, horrible TV show. Well, I think they should continue to think about that one thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, I guess, but he did play a sleaze on Broadway. He played Billy Flynn in Chicago, right? He did, and he'd known a lot of sleazes in life, so I guess he, he had a lot of material to work with. Uh, but he, there's also the Jerry Springer opera, in which he is a character. That's very, very amusing. But no, he is not really a man of the theater. Oh, now I have to hear your story about Barbara Byrne. Well, it's not so much the story you like. You you like hearing me imitate her voice. I do, I do, I do. (laughs) She had done a Lady Candor in Congreve's The Way of the World, a Blair Brown production that had done, but was also done for television out of the Guthrie in Minneapolis. She was associated with that theater, but also with Stratford. But then Sondheim took a fancy to her, and she was in Sunday in the Park with George, and she famously played Jack's mother in Into the Woods. But her Lady Candor, she had a voice like this. And, you know, with Lady Candor, who is, is the world's worst gossip, but she continues to maintain that, her, that it's her motto, tail bearers is as bad as the tail makers. <laughs> She's re- repeating every vicious thing she ever hears. But you'll recognize that voice when you listen to the original recording of Into the Woods as Jack's mother. But you know, as you go through the list, and, and there's stories for each and every one. Robin Wagner, the great designer. Treat Williams, who had started on the stage and had done The Ritz. I had seen him in Once in a Lifetime. Glenda Jackson, a woman of the theater who left it to become a member of Parliament, who returned to it to win a Tony Award for Three Tall Women remarkable actor Paxton Whitehead, who had performed at Studio Arena Theater twice, notably in Crucifer of Blood, which also introduced Glenn Close, which went to Broadway, but he'd been the artistic director at the Shaw Festival. Sheldon Harnick, who wrote the lyrics for Fiddler on the Roof. And just a few days ago, Maurice Hines, the brother of Gregory Hines, which is, you know, it's sad that he's remembered now as the brother of Gregory Hines. They had started as kids together with their father, Hines Hines and dad, great tap dancer. By the time I met him, he was doing Guys and Dolls, the tour. He was at Shays, but he had done UB. He'd done Uptown It's Hot, marvelous dancer. And he appears with his brother in Francis Ford Coppola's film, The Cotton Club, Maurice Hines. Every year you look and say, ah, what great people we have known and we will not see their likes again. And it is one of the nice things to do at the new year, to take a moment to remember them. Well, as you said, every year we look back on those we lost, but the world keeps turning, and plays and musicals keep getting produced, and young stars keep coming along, and hopefully we won't have to talk about them in this manner, but in their successes, in their successes. I know. For Theater Talk on WBFO. I'm Peter Hall. And I'm Anthony Chase.